Welcome to this episode of Sunday Reprise, where we bring the church to you and deliver nothing but the truth. Brought to you by Maranatha Family Church International Ministries in Davao City, Philippines. We hope this message will bless you. Let's go. Uh, I'll be sharing a little bit of a word, and then at the end, I really feel like there's going to be some prophetic declarations today that I, I have on my heart. I've been carrying this all day long. But I, I was praying this morning and just sitting out here in this little gazebo where I'm at right now. And by the way, the wind is getting a little wild around here. So if you hear the wind, uh, it's already been blowing. Uh, <laughs> and praise God for a fresh Pentecost wind. But um, I was out here this morning just spending time with Jesus, just worshiping the Lord. And my heart was really just pricked by the Holy Spirit with this theme that the redeemed are rising. I believe with everything that's happening with the coronavirus, with everybody being quarantined, with people looking inward, with churches uh, stepping away from what's normal, our, our services realizing that the church is not just a building, but it's about people, you know, that we are coming to a place where idols have been brought down. I mean, everything has changed literally overnight. But yet, I really believe that there is a, a rising of the redeemed, of those who have encountered the, the powerful blood of Jesus. You know, I just want to read some of the words from the famous hymn by Charles Wesley in 1739. He wrote, Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Sons of men and angels say, Hallelujah. Raise your joys and triumphs high. Hallelujah. Sing ye heavens and earth reply. Hallelujah. There's so much more to that song, but it, it just pricks my heart because I remember, you know, coming out of sin, coming out of darkness, where Jesus absolutely set me free from the controlling besetting sins in my life and 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 even though it's been over 20 years there was such a radical transformation and I'll never forget it because I know the day that Jesus rose from the grave that shackles fell off of people chains were broken and the Lord released power and grace and authority and, and you know what, I, even today, I was uh, in my room just watching Jesus around the world, you know, all uh, the different churches we go to here in America, and in Japan, and in the Philippines, and, and Italy, and other places, and it's just amazing to watch all these people worshiping God, you know, despite the challenges and the situation the way it is, that people are pressing into the Lord and saying, we want more of God. You know, and, and I was even watching a, 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 a man I know, Adam Harrison, from uh, a, a church in north of Atlanta. And, and he doesn't normally teach and preach as far as what I can tell. But, you know, he's been with us in the Philippines for a long period of time. Uh, he, he and his wife came and their girls came for four months and really helped us with some, some construction work there, uh, I guess about a year and a half, two years ago. But it was just so awesome to see God restoring Adam's life and watching him, you know, preaching the Word of God today. And I'm thinking of new leaders rising up. This is a season where new leaders are rising up, where young men and women, old men, 
men and women, it doesn't matter the age, are being released into the presence of God. And, and God's anointing is upon them. God's calling. God's fires burning in their heart. You know, we have students at fire school, some who are watching even right now. And, and, and I know that God is raising up a redeemed uh you know, a group of people that that understand the power of the Holy Spirit. They're not into gimmicks anymore. They're not into playing church. They're into not only just being serious with God, but enjoying God. But understanding that, the you know, everything that Jesus gave His life for was for them. And, and for them to walk in freedom and holiness and purity. Not with with all the garbage that we've seen come from church and the hypocritical things that we've seen come, but God's raising up a, a firebrands, you know, people that are, are burning with passion for the presence and the glory of God alone. I read a quote from uh, David Brainerd today. It says, When I really enjoy God, I feel my desires of Him the more insatiable. Insatiable means, you know, to have a strong appetite or desire for something. And my thirstings after holiness, the more unquenchable. Oh, this pleasing pain. It makes my soul press after God. Look, I don't know about you, but in this season of being quarantined, I've not been just stuck in front of a TV trying to figure out what to do at my time, but I'm looking at the time that the Lord's given us to come away with Him and enjoy His presence. You know, you don't have to have a church building to enjoy God. You don't have to have thousands of people worshiping to enjoy God. And, And I love that just as much as anybody else. But I know this is that when Jesus becomes our all in all and we understand that we've been risen with Christ and seated with Him in heavenly places, this desire wells up on the inside of us where we say, I've got to have more of God. I thirst after you, Lord. Listen, when Jesus rose from the dead, so did you and I. Let me read this in Matthew 27 verses 50 through 53. It says, and when Jesus had cried out again uh, in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. A powerful picture that must have been for even the priests working in the temple, you know, trying to just do their normal duties and routines. I don't know if they took off that day or just yelling crucified towards Jesus, but I know that when that huge, thick temple ripped right down the middle, that it was heard, that it was probably seen, and they were probably freaking out a little bit, wondering what is going on. But when Jesus gave up his spirit, heaven came to earth, and and, and God poured out his spirit, and, and, and Jesus released forgiveness and grace and mercy to all of us. It says the earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. My friend, it doesn't get better than that. We're talking about power when Jesus rose from the dead. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. And they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Look, I don't know all the people who were, you know, risen, but I know this is that 
all of a sudden when Jesus rose from the dead, wherever they were, they were broken open. They, they were free. They were walking around Jerusalem. They were, it might have been Moses, might have been, you know, the, some of the major prophets and minor prophets. It could have been some of the heroes of the faith in the Old Testament. And suddenly, because Jesus rose from the dead, boom, all these people are out there walking around. And, and it was powerful. But listen, to live risen with Christ means we live according to His kingdom and not according to this world. You see, that was the kingdom of God being demonstrated when Jesus rose from the dead and all these people started rising from the dead as well. In Colossians 3, 1-4, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Look, we have been raised with Christ. We may not be in heaven right now with Him, but the Scripture says that we are positionally in our spirit, seated with Christ in heavenly places. Look, being a Christian is not just going to church. It's being seated with Christ in heavenly places. It's recognizing that the Bonds and, and chains of sin have been broken off of your life. And you are absolutely free. You, you are able to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. You don't have to go through a ritual. You don't have to go through sacrifices. You don't have to be a specific chosen frozen to be able to come into the glory and presence of God. Hallelujah. He says, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Set your minds on things which are above, not on earthly things. This means that if we've been risen with Christ, then we cannot live according to what we see, hear, feel, smell, and taste any longer. We have to live by keeping step with the Holy Ghost. Look, you may have lost your job. You may not you know, be able to do your normal routine. And it might seem kind of hard and, and, you know, how are these things going to happen? Look, at this is where the redeemed are beginning to rise. This is where men and women of God who will not let go of the horns of the altar, who will press in to the presence of God, who will thirst and who will hunger for the things of God, will say, I'm pressing in. I'm going deeper. I'm allowing the Lord to do in me what He wants to do. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Look, Jesus is coming back a second time. And the second time He's coming back, He's not coming back as a baby, my friend. He's coming back with fire in His eyes, with a sword in His hand. And He's coming back to take those of us who've prepared our hearts and has said, I am redeemed. I am free. We're going to rise with Christ physically one day. We're risen with Christ spiritually. If you're born again, Again, you're risen with Christ and spiritually seated with Him in heavenly places. That's a wonderful, powerful thought. You are not just flesh and blood anymore, but you are a spirit man. You are full of the Spirit of God, the very same Spirit that created the heavens and the earth. That's who lives on the inside of us. We are now the temple of the Holy Ghost. In Acts 8.1, I've always loved this scripture. You know, because many Pentecostals 
love to quote, and Charismatics love to quote, Acts 1.8, right? Where it says, But you shall receive power, Jesus said to the disciples, You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. We know that the Greek word for witnesses there is actually martyrs. I wonder how many of us Pentecostals Charismatics will continue to quote that scripture knowing that that means martyrs. But you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You will be my martyrs in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Look, something happened in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost where the Spirit of God came open, where the heavens were rent, and God poured out His glory not only upon the disciples, but 120 people in the upper room. We know that they came out from the upper room. Peter began to preach. 3,000 people got saved. God said He wanted to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, men, women. It didn't matter who it was. And as he's pouring out his glory, the church met from house to house in the temple daily. They didn't have church streets back then. They didn't have church buildings back then. They didn't have all the things that we have and, and think that we can't be the church without. They didn't have any of that stuff. But what they had is an understanding that they have been redeemed. That they have risen with Christ. That the glory of the Lord abides in them now. And there's something different that's taking place on the inside of them. Friend, I don't want a Holy Ghost baptism to just fall on the floor and roll around and go home and think, oh, that was just a wonderful meeting that night. I want to be on the floor and not be able to get off the floor and, and be on my face and say, God... There must be more. Friends, there's more. The redeemed are rising. Look here in Acts 8.1. This is after uh, the first martyr of the church. And in Acts 7, Stephen was martyred for standing up for his faith. So what happens? In Acts 8.1, it says, Now Saul was consenting to Stephen's death. At that time, great persecution broke out against the church, which is in, at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. You see, that's really important to understand, because when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, what happened? You had everybody experiencing this revival and awakening, and nobody wanted to leave Jerusalem. Everybody forgot about going to Judea and Samaria. But Jesus is the head of his church and he understands how to minister to us in all of the situations that any one of us are facing. He's, he's, he knows how to get to us. And see, when persecution broke out, suddenly they were reminded of the last time they disobeyed God where they needed to obey God because nobody left to go to Judea and Samaria where Jesus said after you received this power to go out and go. And so it says here in Acts 8.1 that great persecution rose against the church which is at Jerusalem and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. The apostles stayed back in Jerusalem. And God used the foolish things of the world to put the wise to shame. We know eventually the apostles went to Judea and to Samaria. But God sent other people to those places, scattering them through persecution, even though they had didn't feel qualified, even though they, you know, didn't maybe they compared themselves to the apostles. 
I don't know. But I know this, is that right now, many of us are, are realizing, well, if the pastor's not around, or the associate pastor, the youth pastor's not around, or the whatever five-fold ministry leader is not around, you know what? We still the high priest Jesus and if I will press into him and recognize that I am redeemed and I've risen with Christ and I'm one spirit with him then God's calling is just as much upon you as it is upon all those leaders in fact to me fivefold ministry leaders the whole purpose of an apostle prophet pastor teacher and evangelist is not to do everything for the church but to equip the church for ministry let me ask you church are you being equipped are you taking up your responsibility because you are just as much risen with Christ as your leaders are. And God's given us amazing leaders. I have powerful mentors and people who pour into our lives and hold us accountable. I need those people. I love those people in our lives. But look, if we can't interact with them, we still have to learn how to mature and grow in our own intimacy and, and calling and grace that the Lord has put upon our lives. Now, I want to look at Isaiah 50, or 35, Isaiah 35, which I believe is God's prophetic declaration for the redeemed who are rising. And, and the title of, of this one is in the scripture says, The Joy of the Redeemed. It says, I'm going to just move this around. Wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. Look, I don't care... If, if everything seems to be falling apart around you, we really don't have any idea when we'll be able to get back to the Philippines. But I know this, is that we are absolutely smack dab in the middle of the will of God. There's no doubt in my mind. Even if it means we're in someone's house who we just met two weeks ago, and we never knew them before, but yet we're in their house, and, and God's opened up a door, and, you know, we don't have ministry invitations and things like that, but it doesn't mean that we stop pressing in and going after God. The deserts need people full of the, of the water of the Spirit to release God's kingdom. God wants to release His kingdom in and through your life. And you may may have lost your job. You know, you you may not be able to go to school. You may not be able to see your friends right now. But I want to ask you, are you pressing in to the presence of the Lord? Are you allowing of his word to wash over you? You and I are 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 you know a well of lives in us. The spirit of God reigns on the inside of us. It says that the desert in verse 2 will burst into bloom. And I just declare for you today that you are going to burst into bloom. That, that the Spirit of the Lord is rising up upon you. That if you're redeemed, that if you're right, that if you're right with God, if you know that your heart is burning for more and you have no idea, all this stuff is shaking around you and you don't know what's going to happen next. Let me tell you something, my friend. The Spirit of God is rising up upon you. And God is, is going to lead you into to glory, into blessing, into provision. He's going to cause you to bloom in a desert. 
You might feel like you're in an absolute desert, but that's exactly where God gets the greatest glory because he releases his kingdom to those who seek his hunger, who press in after him. And it says, you'll bloom and you will rejoice greatly and for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. What does that mean? Lebanon, they, they weren't filled with people who were seeking after God. I believe that the wealth of the unrighteous is being stored up for the righteous. I don't know how this, and, and I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I believe in the blessing of the Lord. And I believe the greatest time to ever see the blessing of the Lord upon your life. And I, and I just declare that over you today. We've found our lives so many times in the, where it just seems like, you know, where's the money going to come in? How, how, how's the breakthrough going to come? I remember when, when David, our son, who's 12 years old now, when he was born, he was born with a heart condition. And they rushed him. We had him, uh, he, Casey gave birth at our home and had to rush him to the hospital because the midwife was checking his pulse and it was really dropping and, and it, was, it was really dangerous. And, and, and we took him cardiologist looking at him and he was giving us a really bad you know scenario saying you know he could possibly die from this and all of that garbage and you know what I'm telling you friend I, we felt like we were in a desert you know in one moment everything changed uh, here's David and, and most of you know David he's the sweetest kid he's the most gentle loving worshiper of God and, and we just began to pray and to fast and to seek God. And I'll tell you something. I believe it was in within a week that God totally healed that boy. The cardiologist came back with another uh, reading of some sort. I don't even remember uh, what it's called. And came back and, and said, you guys can go home today. And we're like, what do you mean we can go home today? He said, your son's heart is restored is healed and we're thinking did you just say what we think you said and we talked to this doctor further and then i asked him a question i said doc look you're telling me if we leave today david will not have a heart condition when he gets older this will not affect him when he happens to david when he's older it will have nothing to do with this situation man i'm telling you friend the glory of the Lord. We've seen God provide. We've seen God break through. We've seen God do it time and time and time again. This is a season where God's calling you to put first the kingdom of heaven. You stop, you know, giving God leftovers. You stop tipping God and you start saying, you know what? I'm going to seek first the kingdom of heaven and your righteousness and trust you. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Listen, We've been on the mission field for 17 years, really 18, 19, if you consider how long we were preparing before. But I'm just telling you, friend, God knows how to watch out for his children. I want to encourage you today. The glory of the Lord is being given to you. The splendor of Carmel uh, and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord. The splendor of our God. How many of you want to see the glory of the Lord? I believe God wants to release His kingdom in ways as such as we've never seen. You know, I love the fact that we've been quarantined here in Pensacola, Florida. Because 20 years ago, my friend, we were in this place and we saw the glory of the Lord coming down every single night in those meetings 
and and as a student and 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 you know Casey and I newly married and 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 Sierra was just months old less than a year old we're there and we would encounter the presence of God over and over and over again I want to tell you God wants to meet with us now. God wants His glory to become real to us now. Because if we will seek Him first, if we will not start a day without the presence of the Lord, and we will be like Moses said, don't let us go up from here if your presence doesn't go with us. I've got to have you. I need you to lead me in my life. No matter how secure that I feel, everything can change in a moment, my friend. You know, we, we may feel different reasons of why we feel security but I want to tell you something God when when he becomes first and his glory is all we desire and his presence is what we long for I'm telling you my friend it's a different way of living God's causing me in America to learn how to live a missionary lifestyle look we're all called to be missionaries friends maybe not overseas but you might be called in Jerusalem in Judea Samaria or some other part of the world but whatever God has called you and wherever you know, he has called you to minister I want to tell you you've got to live by putting him first that's the only way we're going to get through this in verse 3 uh, we're reading from Isaiah 35 it says strengthen the feeble hands steady the knees that give way say to those with fearful hearts be strong do not fear your God will come. He will come with vengeance and divine retribution. He will come and save you. Friend, I can't imagine trying to live a missionary lifestyle without the Holy Spirit. Without the presence of God. Without trusting the Lord. And, and we've been able to see God transform so many people's lives. We've seen, you know, uh, religious people's lives change. We've seen people off the streets. We've seen the poorest of the poor get saved. We ministered in garbage dumps and seen people get saved and discipled and become missionaries now. We've seen people, you know, uh, you know, people out of prostitution, out of homosexuality, men who were transvestites, totally transform and, you know, what? They didn't have anything. They didn't have any money. They didn't have any security. Most of their families didn't want anything to do with them in the first place. But they put him first and said, I'm going to stop living for myself and for my flesh. I'm going to trust Jesus with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And God would come with divine retribution and take care of them. That's for you tonight. Then will the eyes of the blind be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Listen, it's time to see the church anointed, casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead. Not just for the, you know, the, the all-stars, you know. Not just for the men and women who stand on platforms anymore. I believe this is a time not for, for us to seek platforms, my friend, but to seek the presence of God, to seek the glory of the Lord, because look, God, He desires to use anybody who would say, Lord, here I am, use me, here I am, send me. I wouldn't be surprised if great missionary callings are going around the world right now from the Holy Spirit of God, because People are seeking God. They're pressing in. There's probably more callings for missions and ministries and church plants and 
whatever other type of ministry you could imagine going out from the from the heavenly realms right now because people are recognizing that I may have lost everything else but Jesus will never leave me or forsake me he's with me he's faithful my friend he's faithful he's going to use you to open the eyes of the blind to to open the ears of the deaf Look, I love seeing people get healed. I love seeing people get forgiven. Seeing chains break off of their life. And marriages restored. And families restored. I remember one time we were in a church in Ohio one year. And, you know, I would go and minister at his church occasionally. And he stood up when, and before I went up to preach. And I had a totally different message. And he stood up and he, and he began to just berate the, his worship leader's daughter in front of everybody else. Talked about how she was doing some things with some other guys. And actually changed my message that morning and talked about uh, enjoying God, the Father heart of God. And, you know, I, I, I walked away feeling like, Lord, I really would love to minister to that young lady. What do we do? And so I believe it was maybe a, a year or two later that we came back and some of the people that were going to that church, they ended up going to another church, including the worship leader and his family. And they invited us to come to their church and we went to that church. And as I was there on a Saturday night, we had a small gathering, maybe about 40, 50 people showed up and then we'll, we had Sunday. But that Saturday night, that family, the worship leader and his daughter showed up and, and, and she was sitting there. And after I was finishing preaching, the Lord reminded me of that time where that young lady was called out and, and treated horribly in front of everybody else. And the Lord said to call her out and to have her stand up again and to undo everything that happened before and I asked her to stand up and obviously she was a little bit timid about doing that and as she stood up I just began to just break off of her all those word curses and things spoken over her. and she just had her face in her hands and she just began to cry and you crumble before the Lord and the Lord began to just heal and restore her you see my friend I love stuff like that I love ministering at, at a youth camp you know a few years ago a National Assembly of God youth camp and a Philippines and Butuan and, and there were something like 1,500 young people there and I called up a bunch of them who wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit seeing 700 people getting filled with the Holy Ghost. I love seeing those things. I don't ever want to stop seeing those things. But let me tell you what burns in my heart even more than seeing all of those things. It's seeing you do those things. The redeemed are rising. You are called of God. You are chosen of God. You are set apart by God. You are consecrated by the Lord. He has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. He's called you to be salt and to be light. He's called you to demonstrate His kingdom. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 35, verse 6, Then the lame will leap as a deer, and the mute tongue will shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Oh, my friend, we got to be living water. we got to be wells where the river of God and, and God pour out His Spirit in dark places. 
Oh my God. Lord Jesus, have your way in our hearts, God. Come on, just lift your hands for a moment. God, pour out your spirit again, God, in revival. Pour out your spirit in awakening, God. Use every individual who's watching right now. Lord, release your anointing. Release confidence in their heart, not in themselves, not in just their church, not in just their leaders, God, but a confidence in knowing that the middle wall of separation has been broken down between you and all mankind. And we can approach the throne of grace with to obtain mercy in our time of need. God, you are the, the greatest forerunner who ever lived because you prepared the way into the most holy place for all of us. And we now, because we have the blood of Jesus applied to our hearts and to our minds, we can come into that place and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Father, hear the cry of your people tonight. Raise up people and use them, God. May we have a different mind. May we be recognizing that we're called to be missionaries. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Verse 7, the burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs, in the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. I'm telling you, my friend, it might seem like a desert right now, but you begin to declare the word of the Lord over your home. You begin to declare the word of the Lord over your family, over your marriage, over your household. Look. When we left, uh, Casey and I met and married in the state of Delaware. I'm from New York. She's from Baltimore. We met and married in Delaware where I was a youth pastor. And many of you have heard my testimony. I was totally addicted to pornography for seven years. I thought marriage would take care of all that. I thought, you know, being in the youth ministry, a leadership role would take care of all that. But you know what? It didn't take care of it. And and so I, I humbled myself before God, before my wife, and before 500 people in that church on a Sunday. Sunday morning, I'll never forget it, at the Degsboro Church of God, and I repented, and, and, and it was so long ago, my friend, but it feels like yesterday, because something happened in me as I walked down the middle of that aisle, my friend, I felt like there was redemption rising on the inside of my heart, I felt totally different, I knew chains had broken over me, and I've never been the same since then, my friend. And I want to tell you, God's doing that for many of you right now. You've been born again. You've been going to church. You know what it's like to, to hear the word of God. But yet, something is stirring deep on the inside of your heart where you're saying, Lord, I don't have to have all the stuff that I've had my whole life. I just want you. My friend, if you were to die tonight, and stand before God, I'm promising you something. You can't take everything with you, and you've got to make sure that you're ready to meet the Lord. And don't allow, don't allow, you know, society, don't allow, you know, status, titles, don't allow anything to keep you from pressing in and loving Jesus and going deeper with Him. Because maybe God has called you to represent Him and whatever place that you work and, and whatever responsibilities you have. You have a great responsibility and a calling to say, Lord, here I am, use me. Let me finish these scriptures. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. He's talking about uh, the redeemed who, who have been risen with Christ. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. 
They're not allowed. Wicked fools are not allowed to go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed shall walk there. There is a place in the Lord, my friend. There is a place in the presence of God. It's called the highway of holiness. Right now, make sure that when you're sitting in front of your computer or your TV at night, that you're not sitting there watching pornography, that you're not sitting there watching something and 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 feeling in your heart becoming separated from God, but use this time to go after God with all of your heart, with all of your mind. Oh my friend, I'm telling you, it's possible to live holy. It's possible to live this redeemed, resurrected lifestyle. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ can anoint you. Jesus Christ can fill you. Jesus Christ can overflow from you. The Spirit of God is upon you in your life, and God is saying, come to deeper waters with me. Come and be separated with me. You're my bride. You're my prized possession. You're the very one that I gave up that when I said my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? You were going through my mind. I didn't want you to just be right with me to just slide into heaven like somebody slides in a game, but I wanted you to come and hit a home run. I want you to hit a grand slam. I want you to know that you're filled with the very same spirit that raised me from the dead. I've anointed you. I've called you. I've separated you. I declare you to be my people. I can I I I have a calling. I have a grace. I have gifts. I have power that I want to release to you, but I won't just release it to anybody. I'll only release it to those who say, "Lord, who else can we go to? You alone have the words of eternal life." God, I pray that you would break open the awaken to your reality more than we ever have before. Lord, let revival burn in our hearts, Jesus. Let awakening happen in America, God. Lord, raise up. I don't care who it is, God. Raise up men and women. Raise up people with the burden of the Lord. Lord God, give us tears. Give your church tears again for the lostness of our society. Lord, may we stop being concerned about who the liberals are, who the conservatives are, but we would understand that even those who we would consider enemies, God, in our flesh, God are the very ones that you gave your life for that we would give our lives for that we would serve that we would pour out our lives even unto death it doesn't matter God because you've poured out your spirit in such great measure God use your people Lord anoint your people they will enter Zion with singing Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Oh, my friend, I don't know what you're looking forward to in life, but there's no greater desire I have than to just see Jesus. Than to just see the Lord. One day we're going to see Him. And I want... I want you to be there. I want your families to be there. I want your friends to be there. I want your neighbors to be there. Oh God.
Jesus, pour out your glory upon your people, God. Lord, I can't see everyone who's, who's watching. But Lord, you know everybody who's there. You know what they're going through. And Lord, I pray today that a mindset would change and that they would be transformed with the renewing of their minds right now, God. That they would have a breakthrough right now in recognizing that you were the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you don't change. Jesus. Oh, my friend. Listen, we love you deeply. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, like most of you. I don't know what's going to happen next week or next month, but my heart is full. My heart is expectant. I'm saying, Lord, I put everything on the altar before you. It doesn't matter. Anything we've done, Jesus, it's all for you. And if it's not God, then, then take it away from us because it really doesn't matter. My friend, give Jesus everything. Don't hold anything back tonight. <laughs> Oh, my friend, I hear the Lord saying, don't, don't be divided in your mind. A, a divided man is unstable in all that he does. You can't have the lo love of the world and the love of God. You have to love one and hate the other. Even though we live in the world, we, we don't necessarily hate the world, but we, we don't go along with its sin with its desire. No, we're focused. We're so heavenly minded that we become earthly good. Where we say, Jesus, you are all that matters. Listen, my friend, rise with him. Rise with Christ tonight. Be one with him. You know, I want to close with this tonight. You know, during the Brownsville Revival, there was uh, one of those school shootings in Kentucky. I think it was in Paducah, Kentucky. And uh, and then the Columbine one as well, I, I think is actually the one I'm thinking of. And, uh, you know, we heard about Rachel Scott and Cassie Bernal who were killed. And one of them standing... And, and confessing Jesus. And, and you know, I remember hearing that story during the revival. And, and so, when the day after I graduated in December of 2000 from Brownsville Revival School of Ministry, there was a man named Dwayne Jones who came and spoke at Brownsville that morning. And hang with me a moment here. I'm, I'm going to finish up here. One of the pair of shoes were of uh, Mark Buntain, a very famous Assembly of God missionary to India who did amazing works for the Kingdom of God in India. And the other pair of shoes were of Rachel Scott, the, what she was wearing the day that she was shot. And there was still a little bit of blood stain on the shoes. And he said, God told me to bring these two pair of shoes this day. And he put them on the pulpit at Brownsville. And he says, because they're empty and God is looking for somebody to fill them. And friend, I felt like a missionary calling shot into my heart. And, and, and I was shot with the arrows of the Lord. And I was overwhelmed. 
and, and feeling like God wanted us to fill shoes that are empty. And I'm not trying to say we're trying to fulfill the shoes of, of, of other people and the works that they've done because some of those are wonderful people. I would never compare myself to them. But I'll tell you this, is that I felt a missionary calling. And so and that was in December 2000. I would say about five or six years later, I was at a church called Christ the King just north of Atlanta on a Sunday morning. And Larry Tomczak was the pastor at the time. And as I was coming, winding down to an altar time to call people forward, I shared that story of the two pair of shoes on the pulpit and, and, and God was ministering uh, to people and they were crying and broken and coming up front. And while some people were already at the altar really crying out to God, I was talking about being a spiritual martyr for Jesus, laying your life down for Him. And, and as people were coming forward, I looked at this one man who looked like he, I mean, had seen a ghost, my friend. And he was just uh, walking towards me with his eyes just wide open, like in shock. And I didn't know who he was, and nobody else in the church knew who he was. It was his first time there. And I waved for him to come towards me, and I said, Brother, can I pray for you? And he tears streaming down his eyes. And he said, you know the story where you talked about Rachel Scott's shoes? I said, yeah. He said, I was on the SWAT team. And he just began to weep and put his, hand, his eyes in his face and just groaned. And said, I remember seeing, I saw all the bodies coming out and, and being carried out. And he says, it's haunted me for all these years. And I haven't shared this with anybody. But today I came by this church and a voice spoke to you shared that testimony today. And friend, when I heard that, I was blown away. I laid my hands on him and just, and just hugged him and just wept with him. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. There's no other way that the pastor of the church, none of us would have been able to understand what that guy needed. But Jesus did. Friend, the redeemed have to rise. You have to rise. You have to arise and shine. You, it's time. It's time to, to come back to the prayer closet with God and to be alone with Him and say, Lord, shake me, change me, do something in me so that you could do something through me. I want to let me pray for you. Thank you for sticking through. I know this has been a little bit long, but we love you all. And uh, I, I want to pray for you right now and just see the Lord come upon your life in a way as such as he never has before. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless every individual who's watching and listening. Everybody in the sound of my voice, God, I pray that they would hear your voice more than anything else. Lord, that they would be broken tonight. The Lord, that they would be drawn into a deeper intimacy with you never before. That God, they would begin to cry out for revival and awakening in their families and in their homes and their schools and their workplaces and their churches, God. A third great awakening as such as 
we've never seen or has ever been written in the history books. We pray for massive amounts of souls to be brought into the kingdom, God. Lord, we pray for bodies to be healed. Lord, heal those suffering from this coronavirus and, and other sicknesses and diseases, God. Release healing. Release power, God. Lord, Lord, may your people tonight rise up with authority. And Lord, may we fight back the darkness that is coming against our nation, God, and the nations of this world. God, we bless you. And I thank you for choosing us and calling us and separating us for yourself, God. For it's this time and season, God, that you have called these people, all of us, to rise up and demonstrate your love. Father, we honor you. We bless you tonight in the powerful and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Keep in touch with us via Facebook by going to facebook.com slash mfcdvo or search for Maranatha Family Church Davo on Facebook where we also stream our church services. Again, that's facebook.com slash mfcdvo. God bless.